Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chemist Warehouse is the home of big brand fragrances at the lowest prices every day. This is In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. This is In The Red on SENZ. Ricardo Ball, Justin Marshall with you talking Crusaders for the next half hour. Uh, Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances and uh, Marshy, it was the big one, wasn't it? It was the one that we'd been uh, we'd been forecasting was going to be make or break. It was a must win for the Crusaders, and they got it won with the help of Willie Hines' sneaky little hand. <laughs> yeah, again, again, <laughs> again. He's making he's making that a bit of a habit, actually. Yeah. Uh, good evening to you, and good evening to everybody joining us uh, on in the red. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's quite clear that. Uh, no doubt, um, this, this was a blockbuster game, and without doubt, it delivered uh, in, in all departments: uh, intensity, uh, drama, uh, tempo, skill level. Um, you know, we had matchups, we had All Blacks uh, playing. You know, across both sides, and yeah, what, what a what an absolute great advocate for Super Rugby Pacific, and and a belter of a game to boot. What what have you made of? Uh, there's been, a, I, I guess, probably mainly from JK on on the breakdown, but there's been a, been, been a, a, a bit of uh, bit of muttering about some of the uh, the Crusaders uh, infringing in the red zone a little bit. Um, I guess they're just doing what you got to do to win, right? But they, they have copped a bit of criticism for it. Well, every every side uh, will do um, when you're on the on the winning side of the ledger, and and it is a big a big game. Uh, there's there's always some form of controversy involved in it, and yeah, certainly uh, you know good sides uh, if if they are infringing and, and allegedly infringing, I will use use that terminology, uh, and they're good enough to get away with it, uh, and it's not seen to be infringing by the referee or any of the four officials. In fact, then you'd have to question a whether or not it was a, uh, is completely um, illegal, uh, and b. They obviously did get penalised, but it wasn't deemed to be cynical enough for, for anything further. So, you know, you, you can't actually put the blame on the Crusaders for that. Um, they're just doing what they can and what they have to do to win the game. So if they're getting away with pushing that envelope, look, at the end of the day, you know, how many times when the Crusaders won big matches did nearly everybody else outside of the Crusaders franchise uh, in the rest of the country come out and say how much Richie McCaw cheated in the game. But, but then, it, then he would go and put an all-black jersey on and fulfil the same role and nobody would moan. And then everybody would stick up for him saying, hey, he's just doing his job. Oh, so, he obviously never did it when he was wearing a black jersey, Justin. That's obviously the answer. <laughs> absolutely. So, look, I, I think that's clutching a little bit to, to start looking at those little um, micro elements of the game, when you say, oh, it wasn't good enough and this is what cost the Blues the game, I think there are other areas of the game that the Crusaders just did better. Uh, and 
Um, they certainly had, uh, once again, they had a very good game plan, uh, that, that like they did in the final, to go up there under pressure against a side that had been playing well and um, and get, get the result. And it didn't come without working hard. It certainly didn't. Uh, one of the places we thought that the Crusaders might struggle a bit because both sides were a bit light uh, on personnel, had a few out, uh, was in the midfield. Obviously no good Hugh, um, no Havili either, but uh, this Kim mm. McLeod goes all right, didn't he? Yep, certainly does. And I guess probably when, when we think back a week, Ricardo, you're, you're asking me what my thoughts were and I, I felt that they, they were really lacking some punch in that zone and that, that they should uh, shift Lestifying Anuku uh, maybe into that position just to give them that point of difference, a yeah. uh, point of difference that I, think, I thought had been lacking um, in their attack. But I guess you, you sort of flip that on its head and you bring uh, a guy like Richie Moonga back into the mix uh, and and not only Richie Moonga back into the mix, but Richie Moonga back into the mix when he, he he's really just keen to play and keen to get on with taking control of the game. And then all of a sudden, those deficiencies don't look as bad. And um, you can play Lester Fyanganuku on the wing and he'll get a brace of tries and the midfield will operate and function well uh, because they get, they're getting the right communication, they're playing in the right areas of the field, uh, there's ambition to play even inside your own, even inside your own 22. Um, you know when they they have a breakout try with a crossfield kick. So, yeah, I, I certainly feel that um, Scott Robertson, his coaching crew, um, his his leadership group, they just got everything that they needed to get pinpoint. And and, and look, mate, they didn't exactly have a, a, a bit of a free reign at things, did they? They suffered heaps of adversity in that game, down to 13 at one stage. Well, yeah, 100%. 100% correct, mate. I mean, it, it was a really good test of a few players. Uh, one of those, I know this is a Crusader show, but I wanted to get your take, and I know we've got Daryl Gibson coming on later, and we're going to ask him too, but uh, your take on Tuivasa-Shek versus McLeod, because um, they, they they benched Tuivasa-Shek pretty early, the Blues, considering how tight the game was, I thought. Yeah, look, uh, one of those uh, big, big games, um, you're always going to be, I guess under the spotlight more more intently than than most regular round robin games because you know this is obviously a, a snap on um, from the final and and again big crowd big environment uh, look I, I don't certainly feel sometimes substitutions are basically revolving around the player himself playing poorly uh, they're, they're all about maybe the the opposition doing something that is is really challenging. Uh, defensively, or the the attack hasn't quite got the right synergy that you thought it would because the opposition have done their homework. Um, so yeah, look, I, you're, you're right. He did get benched, um, but again, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, so look, there, there could be uh, interior motives to that uh, injury or something else that Liam McDonald has seen. Um, I'm a very, as you can tell, very remiss just to go out there and say not good enough, not up to it, um, got found out because I've just been seeing too much recently that that is is a massive improvement from from where he's been, um, RTS. So I'm, I'm loath to go and say that uh, he, he's not capable at that level, which means he's not capable at test level either at this point in time. Mm. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Fanganoku. He scored three tries. Uh you know, he he. At the, I know we're a long way from all black all black time, but man, there's a there's a decision to be made there. Caleb Clark, Lester Fanganuku, man, that's that's going to be a tough decision. 
Yeah, it is. And obviously, I missed one of those tries. I just did a brace, didn't I? So, <laughs> when, when a guy's playing a game like that, you know, you're you're thinking to yourself, righto, um, how, how do we get him to perform like that in, in a black shirt, you know? Mm. Why haven't we been able to see that type of player able to expose defence, um, operate in space, uh, score tries when he switches environments? Because let's face it, he had an absolutely outstanding last year, whether he was playing centre or wing for the Crusaders, and just struggled a little bit in that all-black environment. But he's not the only one. Uh, and, you know, you do wonder why, in particular, quite a few of the, the guys that do struggle in that all-black environment of Crusaders, you know, like... I think um, it wasn't last year, possibly the year before, but Cody Taylor, he just was absolutely on fire playing for the Crusaders, but went into the All Blacks environment and really struggled and then ultimately didn't get selected. Mm. Um, and, and there's a few of them, you know, I don't think Mwanga has really found his mojo within the All Blacks. Uh, he, he hasn't really, he's played well, don't get me wrong, and, and deserves uh, his starts that he gets, but we probably don't see him playing with the freedom and, and the confidence that he does with the Crusaders. Uh, so you, you just wonder whether or not there's something there that the likes of Whanganuku, who you mentioned, um, you know, gets gets this license or has this game plan that he functions in that brings out the best of him. Um, you certainly feel that that happens with the Crusaders because he's had three sensational years with them. So in, in answer to your question, and unlocking, you know, that, that competitiveness between him and Caleb Clark for a wing spot or whatever it might be, it, it's like the All Blacks creating that environment for him to be able to, to push push to those levels. It's almost like you're suggesting that the coaching might be an issue, Justin, but we'll leave that, I'll leave well, that there. Well, uh, not necessarily, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can kind of sort of read into the fact that I've, I've, I've quite clearly um, said that I feel that you know, the All Blacks do need to change um, mm. the way that they are playing. You know, their the directness is becoming predictable at times. Uh, and I don't feel that some of the real uh, strike players we've got in the game are, are not enabling themselves to be under that particular game plan that the All Blacks seem hell-bent on playing are functioning as well as what they could. So read all of what I just said about Leicester and Co and Mwanga and, and that and Cody Taylor into that comment as well and take out of it what you want. <laughs> we will, we will. Uh, this is In the Red on SENZ, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, time, though, Justin, now to get from you. Thanks to DHL, DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. What, or who, I should say, is your crusader of the round? See, I like to always make sure that I'm looking at all elements of the game and mm. it would be very easy to go to, to a Moonga or a Listifying the Nuku, who were just, you know, simply uh, at times on a different level than other players in their, their synergy between each other. And, and obviously, firing the Nuku finding his way to the try line, Moanga, the general. But in my mind, all of that doesn't happen um, unless uh, up front the, the, the hard work's being done. And, you know, there, there was some chat around my around a few of my mates and leading into that game, people are asking me and they tend to come to me and talk to me about it because they're looking to put a bet on the TAB about what I think. <laughs> and and I said I felt that the the, 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 the the without doubt, I felt the Crusaders had a better balanced, stronger forward pack and the Blues had a better back line. Um, but 
I did say, you know, I'm being a little bit concerned that maybe Sam Whitelock isn't quite where he needs to be. Uh, he was unbelievable, honestly. You know, like right down to the 80th minute when he got that last turnover. Um, he just is a guy that, that has got the ability with attitude and when the big games are put in front of him, he fronts. And I just thought... His leadership, uh, even though he hasn't got the captain's armband on and the way that he played and his work rate, his want to be everywhere, the tackle rate, the ruck execution, the the work that he did in the set piece, that, that's what the Crusaders needed from him for everybody else to function like they did. So Sam Whitelock for me, mate. Um, so long as your, uh, your rugby tipping's better than Steve Devine's horse tipping, we we're all good, mate. Um, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> the new DHL Super Rugby Pacific season is here. You can catch action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Uh, and on that, Marshy, before we uh, get uh, Daryl Gibson on, uh, what about your, your player of the round, maybe outside of the Crusaders? Who, who grabbed your attention? Well, again, it was a... It was a bit of a funny old round of Super Rugby. You know, the first couple of rounds were, was how to scout a razzle-dazzle and, and really entertaining. Um, I can tell you quite conclusively that not one single one of those players will be coming out of the Force um, Highlanders game that I had to put myself <laughs> through on Sunday. Um, well, if a Highlanders should play all their games at Rugby Park, I reckon. Oh, mate, yeah. And to those poor people that had to tune in for it, it was a bit of a hard watch, but obviously... The Highlanders would be pleased they got out of it what they wanted, which was the W. Um, and, and and across the board, there's still some players playing some, um, you know, some absolutely superb rugby. And, you know, I, I think that in itself um, lends its, itself to go right. It's not easy to pick a player um, out of the blue. Um, but from everything that I saw, there was just too much uh, in, in that Crusaders game um, and the Blues game uh, for me to go... Pass and, and believe it or not, it's a Blues player, even though they didn't win the game. I'm just everything that Mark Talia is doing at the moment, like man, um, that th- this is this is where probably the All Blacks need to go, mm. you know. That we, we, we need to pick a guy with just blistering pace, massive work rate, um, seems to just push tacklers aside, have strength, uh, and you know. Since I've already picked a Crusaders player, <laughs> I was, I'm thinking I can't pick Brian Anuku. So, so a guy that's just playing awesome rugby this year is Mark Talia, so I'm going to go for him. Yeah, that try that he scored at the start, I'm, I'm sure Richie Mawanga woke oh. up having a cold sweat that night thinking, well, I hope he's not running at me again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but he's he, he, he is on fire at the moment. He really is. He's going great guns. All right, this is In the Red. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances on SENZ. It is 14 past seven. When we come back, Daryl Gibson joins us. We'll look at the upcoming match with the Brumbies. It is 18 past seven here on In the Red on SENZ. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, Joining us now is Daryl Gibson. G'day, mate. How are you? Evening, gentlemen. Story, mate. What did you uh, What did you make of that battle at uh, the Garden of Eden on the weekend? Uh, she was a rip roar, wasn't she? One of the one of the best games of the weekend. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was a um, pulsating game. You know, certainly belied the fact that it was only a round four um, fixture. Certainly had a lot of meaning on it, and you could see, you know, the way that the Crusaders approached the game. Um, you know, they really went out there and really wanted the game. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Gibbo. Good to hear from you, mate. Um, on that, when you look at it over the 80 minutes, where ultimately did they win that game, the Crusaders? Defence, attack, a combination of both? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, from a coaching point of view, I think they went out with a clear plan. You know, obviously last year in the final, again, I thought they just outsmarted the Blues in terms of their game plan and how they wanted to win the game. In particular, I thought they, again, they did a, a fantastic job on the Blues line-out, disrupted, um, did a good job on at scrum time. But in particular, I thought defensively, uh, they shut down uh, those Blues edges. And, uh, you know, when they can do that with sustained pressure, I thought it was uh, an outstanding effort from the from the Crusaders and typical of their grit and determination, which, um, you know, ultimately got them through in the end. Uh, Daryl, we were talking uh, well, last week about the injuries, uh, particularly in the midfield backs that the Crusaders had, you know, no good you, no Harvey, et cetera. Uh, and Justin was, was a little bit worried going into the game against the Blues about what they were going to do in that place. And they, they, they unearthed a guy called Dallas McLeod, who we haven't seen a whole heap of, but he, I thought he had a great game. What do, what do you know about Dallas and what did you make of his, uh, his stint in that game? Yeah, obviously there were a number of characters I thought really had breakout performances in the weekend. Um, obviously Dallas for once, we've seen him a lot in ITM Cup, um, plugging away for Canterbury, um, but he was outstanding on the night. And then also for me, Fergus Burke, I know he's playing out of position at, at 15. Again, um, you know, entered the back line well, um, set up two nice tries on the, on the edges there. So I thought he, um, for me, the, the unsung sort of heroes for the Crusaders were were those um, squad players that really stepped up when they needed to. So um, impressive. We've got a text that's actually come through that I'll put uh, the question to both of you. Uh, Andy has sent us a text and he said, great game on the weekend, guys. Thought both teams gave it everything. It was an absolute spectacle. Listened to a podcast recently with Goldie and JK. They thought the gap between Super Rugby and International Rugby is now bigger than it has been in the past and also wants to get your thoughts on Freddie Stewart's red card in the England-Ireland game. Uh, maybe if we lead, lead with you on that one, Daryl. Yeah, well, obviously, firstly, I, I can talk to the gap. Um, you know, what, what concerns me about watching Six Nations uh, is our size. I really, I really believe um, we're going to have a hard job competing um, with the power and the size of, of the French in particular. Um, you know, they're looking very organised on defence, um, got an excellent kicking game. And then they've got that extra bit um, in terms of being able to attack with flair when, when, when it's on. So for me, watching the game on the weekend, you know, we had 20 All Blacks out there. Um, we play a very fast brand of rugby, very skillful, um, but our men aren't big. You know, we're really athletic. So um, in the past, we've been undone by that power and, and the, the size of the big teams. And I just wonder whether we're going to come up short or we pick a team that can compete, you know, go for the big men, um, you know, um, to, to be able to really uh, be able to compete physically. That's my concern. Justin? Yeah, I agree. I, I really do. I, I, I was going to say physicality. Um, it's, it's very evident that uh, when we were coming up against some of the sides that at the moment are playing with great confidence uh, in the world, and that's Ireland, France um, in particular, uh, they just have big back rowers. I think we're got reasonable amount of parity type five but back row in particular is where they have big ball carrying hard men and if you don't front up physically you get bullied and i thought when i watched the french um england game the french just bullied the english and and they're not a small pack they'd be probably the size of the all blacks so 
I totally agree with what Gibbo said that we're going to have to try and get that medium buddy balance between that skill skill and flair that we've got that that we possess with some of our particularly our forwards and their skill set, but make sure they're tough enough because if we get bullied in a game, we're not going to be able to compete. In terms of the red card, um, I thought it was an absolute bloody joke. I thought it was farcical. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that Stuart was just trying to brace himself. Um, he turned towards the contact because he could see contact was coming to him. Um, he had no intent whatsoever. It was a rugby accident um, more than anything. Look, you could understand because maybe when he braced, he put his elbow out that at worst they gave him a yellow card and, and, and showed a little bit of sympathy to the guy who got an elbow right in his, in his jaw. But for that to be read when it was a total rugby accident, um, that's where the line and the law is not understanding. Um, that these things can happen and you can have accidental head contact in the game. They're just ruling any head contact is deliberate and uh, that's just where the balance is off. Yep, 100% agree with you on that. Uh, let's just move on, gentlemen, and have a look at the weekend then because we've got uh, the 4-0 and Brumbies coming this side of the Tasman for the first time and they, they, they're going to play uh, the Crusaders this coming weekend. I think the thing that's impressed me most about the Brumbies, Daryl, so far is what they've been able to bring to finish games, bring off the bench. You know, uh, they can either start with Lolisio and Nick White in the halves or they can go to Lonigan and Debrasini. Um, and they've, they've got a, a couple of pairings there that work really well together. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the, you know, the two teams that set the benchmark, you know, uh, historically have been the Crusaders and the Brumbies. Um, Brum Brumbies, the most consistent um, Australian super rugby team. Um, always been super technical and really well coached. And I think you're seeing that, you know, with Laurie Fisher and Steve Larkham. You know, it's more of the same. Um, and as you say, they've had those, that opportunity to develop the combinations over the last few years, Lolisio's um, growing into a much better player. And with Mac White there, when his experience, you know, they've got a, a really nice spine developing. Um, it'll be a really interesting test, obviously, beating the Blues. It's no easy feat. Um, but it'll be a real test for them with the Crusaders, knowing, you know, that uh, it's pretty hard to get a win uh, in New Zealand, let alone that um, in Christchurch. Yeah, if we ever think about arch rivals of the Crusaders, uh, particularly through Gibbo in my era, uh, the Brumbies is the first team that springs to mind for me. Um, stack full of wallabies, and, and uh, there's no coincidence that an architect of the, the, the reason that the Brumbies are doing so well at the moment is, is Stephen Larkin, who used to absolutely uh, tear us to shreds at times in the 10 jerseys, and now he's doing it from the coaching box. But... Um, they're just a really, really well uh, thought outside. Um, they, they know where their strengths are. Fascinating to me that they come up against a Crusaders side that when they tend to get in trouble, they can set piece maul you, that type of thing. Mate, that's a Brumby strength. Um, they, they were always really good off line-out launch, um, usually off the top ball where they had all sorts of magic happening, but they've actually got bigger players now um, and, and they've got a, a better attitude around their, their driving maul, so that's going to be a face fascinating duel, if I could ever say that, about the line-out ball, um, <laughs> a game within the game. So, yeah, th this is a side that won't be afraid to play against the Crusaders. Um, you know, hopefully it's a dry night um, in Christchurch and both teams go into the game with the right attitude um, because Wallabies across the board for the Brumbies, equally All Blacks, and probably the Crusaders might get a couple back from injury. 
hell of a hell of a good game and a tough one to pick. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, all right. Uh, Daryl, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. Go well. We'll catch up with you soon, eh? Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, and Cheers, Thanks, uh, and Marshy as well, mate. Um, it's in the red for another week, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. How confident are you, before I let you go, how confident are you about this weekend? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that the Crusaders um, have, have got better rhythm and a better positivity about the way they want to play. Uh, but this is a good side. They've been slightly off in a couple of their games this year and it's, it's caught them out. They can ill afford to be off their game come Friday night in Christchurch against this particular side, because if you are, they'll hurt you. Um, so confidence levels are that the Crusaders will win, um, and they but they need to be 100% on their game. Yeah, Good stuff, Marshy. Go well, mate. We'll catch up with you next week, eh? You will, mate. Look forward to it, Ricardo. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, mate. There you go. That is uh, SENZ's In the Red, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, when we come back, Peter Alatini joins us for some Pacific Flair.